Hey everybody, before we get started today, we have some vital news for Apple Podcast listeners. In case you haven't heard, Apple recently did another update. This update kicked a lot of our followers off the show and paused notifications for new episodes. It even happened to some of our own team members, so you definitely want to check out your settings. To see if this happened to you, open your podcast app, search for the 200% Life, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see either a follow button or a pause symbol. Tap either one of those to make sure you are following the show and getting new downloads. This really helps you by making sure new episodes show up in your feed so you never miss an episode. It also makes sure new episodes are downloaded to your phone so you can listen to them when you're not connected to Wi-Fi. It's also really helpful to us. When you follow the show, the algorithm helps us spread the 200% life philosophy to new listeners. This is true for other platforms as well. So while you're at it, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or another favorite platform, please be sure to hit the follow, subscribe, or like button. This helps us reach new listeners and teach them how to use business as a conduit for their personal growth. And as always, we'd love to hear any questions you'd like us to cover on the show. Maybe it's a situation you're struggling with personally or a topic you think would be helpful to a friend. You can drop your questions in the Q&A box in the show notes on Spotify or you can email us at hello at adamhergenrother.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications to be alerted when we cover them. Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast with Adam Hergenrother and Caitlin Frotlin, where we bring you weekly insights into spiritual growth and business success. For those of you listening on Spotify, we are testing out a new Q&A feature and would love to know what questions you have or topics you'd like us to address. Please drop your questions in the Q&A box below the show notes. We always start with that because we do love getting uh, questions from our listeners. In fact, um, we have this product due Unbound group, and it's really fascinating to get questions from people throughout the week. But there is a, and I want you to share your your question that you actually had in a second, but there is a always a this... Um, Actually, why don't you share it? Because then I'll, I think it, it, this backfills it a little bit of a, a question that uh, goes through a lot of people's minds. Okay. So, I mean, my question is quite specific to my circumstances. But so as. We did a lot of uh, therapy on here with, for Hallie. So that's perfectly for both of us. <laughs> it was great. Uh, that's why I'm here. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I have a five year old daughter, just turned five, and an almost two year old. She'll be two in a month. And I've been trying for since I've been doing these spiritual teachings I've been trying to apply that as much as humanly possible to my parenting sometimes that goes well so lately not so well so um my five-year-old is just a very deeply feeling kid amazing incredibly self-aware um and really really emotional and has really big big emotional outbursts and so I've been struggling with how to relax and release be present, clear, clear, accepting and loving is my goal mm-hmm. um, with her. But the emotional kind of outbursts have been getting more yeah. intense and more intense. And so then, yeah, my question is, how do I relax and release and like create some sort of safe, healthy boundaries for her um, where I'm not squashing her spirit, but am... Um, providing her with like the safe container of a safe loving home environment that she needs to thrive and lately it feels like we've kind of just been caught up in the emotional 
really intense emotions and I'm relaxing and releasing, but I'm not really seeing the path forward. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I think I was going to say before is, you know, whether or not uh, it's like a parenting question, we're going to dive into boundaries because I think that's really important, but like whether it's a parenting question or, Hey, I have these employees at my business that are not performing. I have a problem with my community. There's bullies at school that are really affecting my child. My child is, you know, is, is whatever the situation is, they could be, you know, a teenager and having those type of challenges. We get these questions in here uh, a lot and it's, they're all, again, whether it's business, whether it's your personal life, whether it's your marriage, they're all aiming at the same direction, right? It's almost as if like, okay, I get it. I can relax and release when things are going relatively okay, right? Like when I feel like I can handle it, I can relax and release and kind of handle these things. Or if I have lots of space, like I can yes, relax and exactly release right. on my meditation cushion, yes. but when, when I'm like, you know, yes. doling out snacks and have two kids yes. running around, that is much harder to relax and release in the moment. Yes. A hundred percent. And I even actually heard Sarah this morning. I could, I was on the indoor bike trainer and, um, Sarah hardly ever raises her voice, but like I could hear, I hear her raise her voice once and I just felt for her. Cause I was like, she was trying to get there. Oh, we have three kids are running around. It's like 10 minutes for school. None of her, Maddie's not even up yet. Right. It's the whole things. And I was just like, Oh man, I feel for you right now. And she did a good job calming right back down, but you know, she didn't yell, but I could, it's so it gets in that. Whole you thing. get hooked. You do get lot. hooked. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the question, which is like, so how do I have these, these kind of boundaries in my life, whether or not, again, you're a spiritual teacher and you're working on one-on-one with people, then all of a sudden you can't respond to people one-on-one, whether you're a business owner and you can, you know, have your leadership team and, and, and know every single employee. And all of a sudden you get to a point where you don't know all of your employees anymore in an organization. And you're only dealing with a certain amount of them, whether again, it's just you and your partner and you have a wonderful relationship then you introduce a dog or kids into the whole situation. Then it's like, how do I make space time for my husband or wife or how do, or my partner? Or how do I make time for, uh, and then dealing with my kids. Um, so all of this again comes down to like, how do I, when, when, it, when it's in the moment, like how do I, how do I act? Like, how do I show up? How do I, can I create boundaries? Cause I think the other question is, especially around parenting, as we move in that direction more, there's like the movement, right? And you and I were chatting about this beforehand is like kind of like free parenting almost. It's like you like allow your children to really express themselves and to like kind of show their emotions and not really put the kids in timeout and not really to have, I guess I would say boundaries. Maybe you know a little bit more about that, but I don't know if there is boundaries in those. I or think not. it is. So, you know, what I'm thinking of is gentle parenting and respectful yeah. parenting, which I have a lot of respect for, yeah. but the, it, it is authoritative. Um, so it's not... Um, like punitive or anything like that. But at the model is that you are the leader yes. of your family and you are definitely holding boundaries. Um, but it's a definitely an environment where full expression of emotions is yeah. seen as a healthy thing. It's, it's a, actually a release yeah. for children yeah. because they're not doing relax and release yeah. and that having a tantrum or a big feeling is important to let it move through them and yeah. move through their bodies. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, uh, I mean, again, I don't, I don't claim that neither one of us have like the perfect answers, but kind of how you always kind of first check in with yourself. So in any one of these situations, the first thing you do is again, what we were talking about before, make sure that you're all relaxed, released, and that you can handle the situation. It doesn't mean that in that moment that there doesn't, there is not a welling up of anger or frustration or irritation because it's there. Like when you're in the midst, you can sit there and be okay in the midst of that irritation. So there's a, there's a slight distinction there. Cause I think a lot of people think that sitting in there at a, at a, in, in sitting clear or in your sense of self or your, or your seat of self is that that irritation won't be there. In fact, a lot of times it can be there, 
it's just not grabbing you. Just like a tree is outside, but you're not bothered by it. So you're just not, you're experiencing it and you're aware that the frustration is there, but you're not engaged with it. So that's kind of step number one. Um, you know, even like, you know, uh, you know, higher individuals who have reached high states of consciousness even express anger or frustration, but they say it's like writing on water, right? It's there for a second and then boom, it's gone. Um, so they're just never acting from, even Dalai Lama talks about a sacred pause, right? It's like a three second pause. And by the time the three seconds is gone, that energy anger has moved through him. So he's no longer responding from that. For me, I'm not there yet. Um, and so it's more about, I'm a very much aware when I'm irritated or frustrated with the way the kids are doing or what they're doing. And I, and the willpower that comes in, right? And I know that you, that's a, a, a term that's used a lot really is that will to maintain your sense of not engaging with the emotion so that then you don't express the emotion. So that's, we're going to, we're going to talk about like the actions you can do, but that's the first kind of step here is to first check in with yourself. And this, I think people have this, this idea that I'm feeling really frustrated right now, which is great. So when people can say that you're going, I am feeling, which is the first step because you're going, well, I'm in there experiencing it. So therefore, you know, it's not you. Therefore, there's a separation there. Eventually that starts to fade away. So it, it's, it's just, it's lower and lower and further and further away from you. So it doesn't grab you nearly as, as, as it does now. But even those moments where it starts to build up, first check in with yourself and you can even use like an affirmation like, Hey, I'm aware that I'm feeling very frustrated right now. You want to say? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. And I think it, like, it sounds easy, but this I have found is really almost initially really tough to do because if you have this concept of yourself as a really loving and supportive parent, it's very hard to admit to yourself. Like I am feeling so angry right now. Well, that's why I think we're being real because spirituality is real. It's about handling situation, right? It's never about not handling situation. So it's about being real with yourself. And in in those situations, you can tell your kids being like, I'm feeling a lot of irritation right now or very frustrated or just say it to yourself. And so I'm choosing not to respond to this right now. Uh, in fact, I, in, in many situations with my kids or even my partner, um, I, I will do that. I will get up out of there. I might not even say, it. I'll just get up out of the room and walk away. Cause I, I actually said this on a podcast yesterday. I find myself, I have a longer period of runway or a longer fuse before it kind of attaches me. And I know though, at some point, if I sit in that seat any longer, that fuse is no longer there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm attached or Velcro to it and how quickly you can come out, but you still did the damage. So whether that's, you know, your your kid or your partner yelling at you or eating a chip that's just irritating to you or just, you know, sitting there and, you know, shaking their leg. I'm just thinking of personal examples that bother me. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why is that? And it's like, it has nothing to do with them. And so like what I usually do with that, I just, whatever I'm doing, I get up and I move before the fuse gets too short. And so these are all like preventative steps. So you don't blow up. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, for me, like I'll grab either prints our dog or all this walk outside and you see in like a two minute walk i'm able to just release the energy and kind of whatever it is that you need to do or just go outside or do some push-ups or you know just meditate for 15 seconds or three two one relax just trying to get the energy to move through you again so you just it's a practice and technique that you can do that's there over time for me i found that it's become almost habitual so when i feel that happening i instantly find myself going to a mantra without even thinking about it of trying to like keep myself centered by focusing on a mantra 
or by just getting up and just moving so that the energy does not grab me. Because the worst thing that we can do, again, and we're all going to fail at this, all of us, is going to be let that fuse run out. And then all of a sudden, we're now glued to that emotion and we are responding from that level, right? And you may catch yourself really quickly and pull yourself out, but you still respond. So the first thing is, is can we put ourselves in a situation so we're not doing that? And it's not like you need to be practicing this all day, right? I mean, like for that moment, that moment happens, you walk into the other room for a little while, you go to the bathroom, you walk outside, you three, two, one, relax, whatever it is you need to do, and then you come back and engage in it. And a lot of times in, in these other situations, though, it's like you don't, it's almost like it goes from zero, like you're perfect, to a thousand in a half a millimeter. Mm-hmm. And you, it, it, but that, I, if you keep working on the smaller things of keep letting go of like the driver in front of you or the weather or something at work, something that you can handle and let go. There's always something somebody can handle, right? Like there's something that you can handle and let go. The longer that fuse becomes, and that's like that sacred pause, it just becomes longer and longer before it grabs you. Um, And that becomes a powerful state. And that's part of your journey though, going through this. And that's why parenting is one of these wonderful things because man, you are thrust into that every single moment. Right. So part of, I mean, the question of this podcast is boundaries versus raising the moment. So as an example of what I would think is small things within a family environment is like your kid speaks disrespectfully to you or something. Is that a let it go? Like I let this roll off my back and I let it go because that's low hanging fruit or is raising the moment actually addressing that in the moment with your kid? That's great. And so I love that. The, um, so first it's preventative. Like, are you okay to be able to handle that question that you just asked? So that's the first state as you're doing. Because if you're if you're now glued and your your kid is disrespectful to you, you will be completely unglued to them. Right. I mean, like it just it just it now goes to a whole nother level. It's and in my opinion, again, this is for me, it's not okay for any like I also think and believe, just from raising three and watching this, kids also need boundaries. They want a structure. You can call it structure. You can call it boundaries. They want to know the limits. It's almost like their their ego, which they're developing for whatever reason, right? Uh, we all develop a sense of ego. I would say 99.99 carried out there, develop an ego. And as we are developed for whatever reason, we're developing that right now. And that ego wants to find out how much it can push. And it just wants to find, and whether it's ego, whether it's the child, just finding their, their limits of what they can do. So they're always going to be pushing this. So that's why I think having a healthy conversation around that, again, if they're disrespectful, then that needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed immediately. It's how you address it, though. Mm -hmm. What part of you is addressing it? Are you addressing it so that you can feel better about yourself because now you're an all-star parent? Or are you addressing it to really serve the moment that's in front of you so that the moment becomes better off based on what just happened? So if your kid is disrespectful to you, can you sit there and raise the moment so that you've taken that moment because the reality has happened. You check that. It's already happened. Reality means it's already happened. So the disrespectful, you can't take that out. Now, how do I raise the moment though so that we can learn, we can improve, we can develop a better system or we can provide guidance or support in that moment to our employees or to our kids in that moment so that we can raise that moment up so they can learn from that. Um, and with our kids, we can't, you know, obviously just get rid of them, right? So you just, you you raise the moment as best you can. One of the tactics that we've used, and I, I shared this with you, is um, I don't, we, we used to, early on, I probably would put my kids in timeout. Now we have a self-regulated timeout and it works for us. I'm not going to say, I also think every kid is a little bit different. So you have to find what really works for them. Um, for, for us, it was any time that there was a, 
uh, a behavior that needed to have a conversation about, whether it's just leaving their food out, right? Or whether they're, you know, um, weren't ready for school at a certain time where they didn't do their chores or that they actually were disrespectful. That doesn't happen nearly as much as the other cases of just leaving food and not doing other chores. Um, if, and in that moment you have to have a corrective discussion about that. I always ask, or if, especially my kids fight a lot amongst themselves and that's the big one. Mm. <clears throat> and when, so when they fight amongst themselves, it's like the separation from that. And what we do is we tell either of our kids, like you, you go find a quiet spot, you know, that, you know, the drill basically, and go there for as little as three seconds or go there as little as, you know, or as long as hours. And it's, it's funny because it's not a timeout. I guess it is a timeout, but it's more of like, it's not in there for five minutes. I'll tell you when you can come out. Because what I'm trying to teach our kids here is that when we're not there, they need to figure out a way for them to be able to put themselves in timeout in situations where nobody else is going to be telling them to go through timeout, right? And that's the whole critical thinking part. And I explain that to them ahead of time, what we're doing that for, so that when they do come in there and I say, Asher, why don't you go to your room, um, spend some time up there, and as soon as you're ready and, and, you're, and you're ready to, to raise the moment up, we use that language all the time in our house, or as soon as you're ready to, um, you know, whatever the situation was, come down here and be your sense of self and not taken over by the ego. We, my kids know all that stuff, so mm. we use that language in there. And they go, he's like, and he just walks upstairs and sometimes he's down in two minutes and he's actually, he's fine. Sometimes he literally stays up there for hours and he'll like, he'll start a project because he needed that time for whatever reason happened throughout his day. And the same thing with my two girls, they'll do the exact same thing. Each situation is a little bit different, but every time they've gone away and they've come back on their own, they're always, I'm not saying they're perfect when they come back down, but they've changed. They've let it go. They've shifted. And so I think you can, you can, you, you can have boundaries with those things, right? Of course you can't just let your kid just run around. They're, they're, they're not developed the same way as an adult. So they can't make decisions that way, which is why they stay with you. And then if you look at nature, right, it's the same situations. Like, you know, it's why you use the examples, like sometimes when they're, when their kids are just trying to play with them, they like, they kick them out of the way. They're like, we don't want to play with you right now. Or if there's danger, they pick them up out of their, you know, with their mouth and carry them out of there. Like they, they're always showing them how to eat and food. And then at some point they got to go on their own, but they're also giving them their space, but there's also boundaries, right? They'll call to them to come back when they're getting too far. They'll make sure they're eating when they're not eating. They'll make sure if they're playing too rough, they settle them down. It's not much different than what we're doing. Again, so like there, there needs to be a, 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 otherwise they would just be adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why they're looking for us to be able to do that. Yeah, I love that. I feel like just at the age that my oldest is at, a lot of early on, it was kind of supporting her with her big feelings and just wanting yeah. to know like, yeah, like, oh, gosh, you feel angry right now. Like, and I'm going to be here with you while until you it moves through you or whatnot. But it seems like there's now at this age, it can pivot a little bit where she can do some of that. I mean, we have like this investigation station, which I kind of created based off of Michael Singer and Yogananda's yes. Yogananda says um, meditation is like the laboratory of the mind. Yes. So I was like, all right, let's translate this to yeah. kiddo language. So and it's a pillow and it has um, a chart with emotions and it has techniques for relaxing and breathing and grounding and everything. And that's been in our dining room, which it worked really well for a while, but recently we just created another one in her bedroom. So awesome. it could there's, I like what you're saying, like go to a quiet spot. Like yeah. there's multiple spots yes. in the home. It's not a punishment. Go to your room. Yes. You know, it's a, 
just take yourself to where you can kind of work through some of this on your own. And I think she has that, like she could do that. Absolutely. Now. And I yeah. also think it's, it's really important as if you do implement that, cause we've shared that before and people have brought that in there and asked questions about it. It's, um, it's really important that when they're, when you're, when you're centered and you're both having a clear conversation, you explain why you're doing that over and over and over again. And I, I explain it just like I did on the podcast to my kids. Right. And I was doing that since they were, you know, four and five years old. I'm just like, I don't want to put you in timeout because you're not going to put your timeout and put yourself in timeout when I'm not there. So I want you to be able to be able to handle your emotions so you can handle the situation. So I'm trying to teach you how to be able to relax and release and then be able to handle the situation in front of you. And so we just use that language and so that you're not all caught up in that emotion or that anger, uh, whether that's in sports, whether that's in school or any of those stuff or things. So it's just being very clear with them. And again, just reinforcing that over and over again. And then you should do the same thing. And I also reinforce it when I have to leave the room and I come back and I'm sitting around and say like, hey, I had to leave the room right there and I'm doing the same thing. So we can model that behavior, mm -hmm. right? Again, whether you're, and Asher asked me a lot or Sienna asked me a lot about like business sometimes. And I go, yeah, I got this triggered me over here. Here's how I handled it. First, here's how I handled it for me. And then here's how I handled the situation. Cause that's really, there's two parts to any situation that gets hit. And that's what people really want to know is how do I actually make the decision? Well, the answer actually of the decision comes after you get clear. The minute you get clear, you're now in the moment. Now you can solve the next problem. It's, and, and again, if you just go out there and apply a little bit of this, even in your parenting life, if you have kids, you'll start to see the answer shows up. So Everyone wants to almost like look for a universal answer to every single problem. Well, the universal answer is first get yourself clear and the answer shows up. And that's literally what it is. And then you just always go back to is how do I raise this moment? Like, how do I raise this moment up? Because again, you could, you can also take this into the business context, right? And outside of parenting of, you know, you've got, you know, first when you've got one or two employees, it's very easy for you to be around everybody. I actually heard Eckhart Tolle say this um, when he was saying, you know, there's always pluses and minuses to growth and, and advancement uh, in the in material world. And he was referring to as when I did retreats for years, there was less than 10 people. And he said, one time I did a whole weekend retreat and there was one person there. By the way, how many people would do a weekend retreat when there was one person showed up? And he's like, I loved during that because I could hug everybody and I could barely be with them. So there's a sense of that. And he said, when we now have gotten to thousands of people in here, we can't hug everybody, but we get to impact more. So there's pluses and minuses to every stage of your growth of what you're going through. Um, and that's just the mechanics of, of that world. So in a, in a business setting, when all of a sudden people get to it and they go, 15 things are coming at me all at once. How do I set boundaries on this? Or people want me to fly here and all over the place. How do I say no to these things? Shouldn't I just surrender and let these things go? Again, you, I don't care if you're Michael Singer or Eckhart Tolle or Adi Shanti or Oprah or whoever else. They're not saying yes to everything. In fact, they say no to almost everything, right? I mean, the amount of, when we were talking about the 200% life book, I mean, the amount of, I didn't really thought about there, but a lot of like forwards, um, uh, like notes. What, what else was in that email? Like, it's like the amount of like, um, we asked, we were talking about Michael kind of um, uh, endorsing the 200% life book. And oh, right. she was just saying like, how many, like the plethora of like everybody wanting him to write, I'm just using it as an example, right? Write right. the forwards to give a blurb about it, to read it, and then to mention it on their podcast. All these different things. She's like, we have, we just say no to all of them. Yeah. And she's like, we can't actually say yes to them because there's way too many that are coming in. So again, it's just a great example of somebody that people follow that wakes up and says, no, we just we can't we can't say yes to that. We will do our our and we know that we're missing some, 
but we, we, we're, we're going to go focus on this so we don't do it. Actually, one of my other mentors is the same way. He's got, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in his organization and they all want certain things from them at certain different times. There's very minimal things that they can do as well. So it's just about, it, it, it naturally comes up into it of what you can say yes to and what you can say no to. I feel like when people are asking this question about, you know, can I have boundaries and surrender, let go at the same time? Really, the mind is like looking for a formula. Yes, like, it is. Yes. Tell me what... what We're looking for an answer that I can ingest. Yes. And then apply yes. to everything. Yes. But what, as you're talking, what's really clicking to me is that I've, when it comes to parenting specifically, but it yeah. would be applicable to any situation, is looking for the answer. Like, oh, if I follow this model, what would the answer be? But if you're, the first step is turning inward, getting clear, it's not it's not an answer that you can go grab from somewhere exactly. else. You have to get clear and find it inward to actually be able to raise the moment up. If you're going outward first, there's no way that you're actually present with the moment in front of you. Exactly. Another example of this is just, I remember when Michael was doing living untethered, he was telling me this story. Um, cause it just, it, he had just met with Oprah a couple of days ago and he said, the publishers, which was, you know, sounds true. And I forget the other publisher came together to do this. Is it New Harbor? New Har- yeah, New Harbor. Um, and they asked him, they said, hey, can you reach out with Oprah? And he said, no. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going to reach out to Oprah. Uh, and he was just, the way he was saying it to me, he was just like, nonchalant. he's like, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. And then like a week later, he said, Oprah reached out to him because they had reached out and said, Michael's got this new book and said, hey, would you fly to, you know, Hawaii and do this? podcast with me or his interview and he said no <laughs> and he just said i'm not not gonna do it and then she's like well how about i send some equipment and you do it from your basically from a house that's right next to his place and he said sure i'll do that so again it's like it wasn't and he and he was saying it and like he's like i'm not saying it from an ego way there was and he didn't say that to me but you could just clearly tell like it wasn't like a a no it was just very clear until he was like oh yeah okay that's fine i'll just do it from here yeah the way that he makes choices about interviews is so interesting it because is. if you YouTube him. I know. There's some really like what you would almost say like random. Really? Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. He's yes. not. He's clearly not using the same metrics no, as everybody he, else. <laughs> doesn't no. He doesn't because he doesn't. He doesn't. It's no different. So I don't know. It's uh, you know again even like one on ones when he meets with people. He always says he doesn't do any one on ones, but I I you know he meets with a few people right. So I know he yeah. he says it all the time in all of his talks. Like I don't meet with anybody one on one. Don't ask me. But yet you know he. I mean, he meets with people, right? Like, yeah. so like, and he, and so again, it's like whatever, I, I don't know if it's just like all of a sudden and, and it's, again, it's, I don't think it's like, again, I don't think he's going to his mind to ask the question. It's just whatever showing up and he's like, okay, great. That seems like something I can raise the moment up with. Yeah. And I always got the sense when he said that he doesn't do one-on-ones, he means like one-on-one, like a teacher student oh, ongoing, yes, exactly. yeah, exactly. like kind yes. of in the Buddhist yeah. model or yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah. The, uh, so anyway, so the, the first step in, in boundaries, boundaries are important. Um, I think it's not about saying yes, not about saying no the first step in any of this is to make sure that you're centered, you're clear and the right answer show up. It's not about feeling guilty by not saying these things too, because that can happen as well. You're going, man, this person really wants me to come fly out there and give this presentation. I feel really guilty. They've done, you know, you can't feel guilty about that either. You have to let, to let that go and then show up. And by the way, it may mean that you actually are out there, you know, teaching or growing or whatever that is. Um, that's not, I mean, that's, that's for, the decision that you'll, you'll know if you are centered and clear when you're making those decisions and you'll make a decision or two, you'll know if it was the right decision. You know, does that make what I'm saying? It's like you may make it and think that you're making it clear and then you go, Oh, this wasn't the right decision. And then you just get better and better at being in the moment, making that decision of what it looks like. I had a, um, uh, a really dear friend and, and business partner for a while. She had a 
really tough challenge with her daughter for for years and she moved out the daughter did and, and just wouldn't talk to her for no reason just went there she was real obviously you can imagine like and she it was you know it was a wonderful relationship with her daughter all the way up into this point so that's why it was just it was a boom just like that and she was with another individual who was you know um i think in like drugs and just kind of that type of thing and so she dropped out of school so she was like really worried she went she was over 18 so she wouldn't respond to her and she's like, how do I handle this? How do I handle this? I said, you just have to keep surrendering, then fight like hell. Keep surrendering, then fight like hell. That's what I kept saying. And she's like, what does that mean? And she finally got it. And she talks about that. It's like, when I finally just let go of me needing her to talk to me for me, is instantly like, when I finally got it, it was instantly like, it just removed something in me. And then all of a sudden, within a week, her daughter reached out to her. And now I'm not saying it's going to happen for everybody, but it, that was, and that's what I told her. I said, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, but what we need to do is you, you have this need for her to reach out to you. So you feel better. And again, and, and everyone listens to that, Well, of course I'm going to feel better. Well, that's part of the work that you're doing, which is that you should be able to handle the situation. And so that you're not disturbed by the situation, but fighting through it. And yet that that's what the work that she was doing, the deep work, because she wasn't responding, and once she re- once she let go of the outcome of what could happen, she was no longer bound to the situation, feeling the need every day to work towards it so she could feel better to do this. It didn't mean that she wasn't trying to engage with her daughter. It didn't mean that she was no longer doing it from that place of her needing that reassurance that her daughter still loved her. And the minute that was released, it broke free. And I remember that day she called me. She's like, I feel it. I feel the freedom again. And it was there, and then it was within, I say a week, it was within weeks, then all of a sudden, and now they have a wonderful relationship again. Um, I think that feeling the freedom part is so key. Can you just explain a little bit more with that? Because I think a question is, or sometimes what happens too, is you think you let something go, yeah. but if you're thinking you let it go, you probably, yeah. I, I, my experience has been, I'm still hanging on to it in some day, way. It's more of like a bodily sensation or like what is, when you're actually clear, what does that feel like? Well, I think the absolute freedom that people are looking for, right, is to be able to wake up and walk through the world un, untouched so that nothing bothers them. I mean, it's again, it's not that they're not taking massive action or working 20 out of 24 hours in a day or working one hour in a day. It doesn't, that's irrelevant. The freedom is that the events that are actually happening outside are not charging you up in a certain way. So in this case, it's like, she would wake up and be first thing thinking about her daughter and then, you know, being emotional about it. And when she really found out, when she looked deeper, what was, what was emotional? What was freaking out? What was the fear? And it was her lower self. It didn't mean that she all of a sudden goes, Oh, I'm free. Now my daughter's free to go do whatever she wants. No, it wasn't that. It was what part of me is actually bothered by this. And you keep exploring that you realize that it's your ego mind. It's your ego or your psyche that is bothered by the situation because it needs reassurance that it was that you did a great job as a mom that you were there for her that your daughter still loves you and there's nothing wrong with that by the way but when you have that need you will always be nervous or scared that that can be hit and so the freedom is when that moves and is no longer there then you're able to handle the situation unbothered just like i was able to handle it or like anybody listening to this right now is probably not bothered by that situation that's how you should feel and so again, I always, I always can give that, I think I gave it last podcast too, which is if you've ever been coaching somebody for business, if somebody called you up and said, Hey, I want some advice on what to do with this hire and you have nothing to do with their business. They happen to be a friend. They're three States over. You just, you know them from college and they're asking you advice for what that looks like. 
all of a sudden they, you're on a call, call with them, you're able to make help them reach a decision and you're not charged up one way or another. You're not affected by whether or not that person goes and hires that person or fires that person or gives them a raise or whatever they're dealing with it, right? You're just simply dealing with the situation. That's how you should feel when you're handling your own personal situations. But what people really feel is they go, no, I'm charged up and therefore you're responding from some level of energy. And then people instantly when they get this, when you get here, they go, well, how the hell am I supposed to do that? Of course, I'm, of course I want my daughter to be safe. Nobody's not saying that. In fact, the minute you let go of that and you can handle the situation, just like that coaching client experience, you're actually better to get your daughter safe in that situation. You're better to be a, a better parent. You're better to be a better leader. You're better to be a better friend in that situation or whatever it is that you need to do because you're no longer taking from the moment. You're now contributing to the moment. Again, going back to you're now raising the moment up for the moment to be better off, not raising the moment up so you can be better off. And that is a big distinction between when people are making decisions. Most decisions, the Gita talks deeply about this, about making decisions for the moment so the moment is better off versus making a decision in that moment so that you're better off. And if your people are really honest with themselves, most of their decisions, the reason why they struggle with them is because most decisions are still being made to raise you up and not raise the moment up. Mm-hmm. And, and once, you, once you devote yourself, I'm going to use that word, to making it about the raising the moment up, you start to shed the fear faster. Therefore, you actually start having outward success faster or better relationships. Or maybe you don't, but still, you're no longer bound by the need to take something from the moment. Does, can you raise the moment by just doing nothing? Because I, for a long time, I've heard raise the moment and think like, oh, that means I need to put something positive into the moment. But is sometimes raising the moment just not touching it, you know, or just being with it and not... I, I think a lot of know. times, the majority of your life, you're truly raising the moment by just appreciating the moment. Mm. Simple as that. That's all you're doing. I mean, think about it. How many times you actually dealing with a problem with your, with your daughter? How many times you actually dealing with a problem with your partner? How many times are you actually dealing with a major problem in your business? I know there's problems every day in business. We, I just know that. But the ones that you can, you can handle most of them, right? How often are you really engaged with those level of things and you relatively have it okay? So you're actually, so majority of the time you wake up, you just realize there isn't really much for you to do. In fact, the majority of your doing is a result from you not being okay with the moment. And so therefore you feel like you need to do something in order to make it so that you personally feel better by raising yourself up by your actions of what you're doing. <laughs> and so that's, that's what is, you know, somebody sent around on our, on a, on one of our business units this morning about um, like when you move from an individual contributor to a leader, you're really good at being an individual contributor. And then, so now when you're in leadership, when the individual contributor needs work and you're struggling, maybe being a little bit leader, leadership is harder it's a vacation from your leadership to go back into being an individual contributor and feeling better. But that's, that's, again, that's raising it so that you feel better, not raising it so the individual can learn to take your position over. It's the same thing here, right? And so that's why if people can just learn to truly appreciate the moment, the act, again, I, I don't know what the percentage is. I would, say it's, I would say it's very high throughout your day that what you're doing is a result of the fact that you're not okay. If you, once you become okay, you simply just start to appreciate things way more. And then the action is more pure instead of pure to raise you up, it's raise the moment up. And it's more focused, even though you're acting and doing less, it's exactly. more effective. Yeah, exactly right. Mm-hmm. All right. So for today, what you want to do is, again, the takeaways of boundaries are great. They're all, it's all great. It all comes down to 
Are you raising the moment up for you or are you raising the moment up for the moment? It's two different, totally different things. And if you're willing to be honest with yourself about your decision-making, and I think if you can just become aware of that, that becomes really, really powerful um, as, a, as a place to start. And you don't need to master all of this. So if you hear this and you're going, I am so far, I came to the work, that's, we're, not, we're far from perfect. That's why we're trying to share a lot of our personal stories too. But there always is something you can work on that you can truly handle. And literally, I heard this other example the other day from Michael Singer. He said, there's something you can always handle. Like maybe you can't handle the rain, but maybe you, it lights up a little bit and you get a little, little wet when you get out of your car from like the sprinkle of it. Can you handle that? Okay, let's start there, right? Like, or maybe it's the a thing in business, right? That like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can't handle this big problem and I still have a challenge with it, but there's something like an email, I can go handle that right now. Like I can let go and just that's where you practice. That's where you're practicing, and then it just leaks into your life, but that's that becomes your North Star, is starting with what you can handle, being real with what you can handle, and then if you start practicing that, it'll take you the rest of the way.